If you have your Bibles, um, if you can go with me to Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 17 and through verse 23, and also Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10 through 12. Um, you know, I'm so excited about this word that God is giving me, amen. I've shared it a couple times uh, in my few stops, had to speak Friday morning at, a, at our conference, and, um, you know, God just really came in the building and the, and uh, it was really for you all first, and then I got another engagement in the, in the meantime, and so uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing. Um, but that's Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 17 through 23, and Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10 through 12, amen. And Ephesians 1, um, starting at verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty Power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And if you go over to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, amen. And if you read in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. The word of the Lord is blessed. Amen. And I, if I can read one last scripture to just kind of tie it all together, I just want to read this one. Amen. And I don't know if I'd have time, but it's in, also it just ties it together. It's in Matthew the uh, 28. Chapter verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Yeah. Um, what, what I want to talk to you all tonight, well, let me start by giving this kind of introduction here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, a fan of movies, and, um, you know, over the past 20, 15, probably 15, 17 years or so, there's been this new craze of movies about superheroes. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the comic book age, amen. I grew up watching um, X-Men on Saturday, amen. And uh, so as a child, I grew up loving superheroes. Now, my brother is nine years older than me, and he grew up in the comic book age, amen. He, and so I also got that from him. Um, but over the last, you know, 18 years, there's a company called Marvel, and they came out with a movie to re-strategize, um, to re-package uh, their films, and it was a movie called Iron Man. And in that movie, there was a man who was just a regular, ordinary, I won't say, well, I guess regular, but he was very filthy rich, um, and, um, you know, he didn't have the best of attitudes. And this man found himself wounded 
in a cave. And he came out of that cave with power. Um, and, you know, from there, Marvel rebooted their movies and they went on to have Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. And then they came out with Thor. And, and uh, my personal favorite is The Incredible Hulk. Um, I guess growing up a big guy, you know, I always liked the Hulk, amen. And uh, the Hulk had a catchphrase, and his phrase was, you won't like me when I'm angry, amen. And uh, the Hulk was a man that when he got upset, he got stronger. And the, and the more upset he got, the stronger he became, and so on and so on. There was Thor and the, the X-Men, as I aforementioned, and um, Spider-Man, you know, a, a, a young boy, uh, your friendly neighborhood spider was bit by a spider. Now, when I get bit by a spider, they have to rush me to the hospital, amen, and uh, unfortunately in our area, it's probably going to be a brown recluse, so you better get there quickly. Um, but this young man was bit by a spider, and he took on the senses of a spider. He was strong, and he had no fear. A teenage boy standing at the top of a building looking down with no fear swinging through uh, uh, New York with webs and he was strong and had keen senses um, and, and I wondered in preparing the message why is it that superhero movies are so popular there's nothing new uh, Superman came out ages ago and he was able to leap over buildings with a single bound and stronger than a locomotive you all have heard this before amen but I asked, why are superhero movies so popular? And the question was answered with this. is because just like in the movies, everybody has problems. And as long as people will be around, they will have problems. And, and the thing about superheroes is that we all wish that when we had problems that we were able to leap over a building with a single bound. Uh, when we face issues in our lives, we wish that when we got angry, we got big and electric green and we could lift up a building. Uh, uh, but we don't have that power. Uh, we wish that we were able to fly away sometimes. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just my life. Uh, maybe I'm the only one who's had some problems in my life that I wish I had the power to fly away. That's why superheroes are so enticing from young people to old it's engaging to be able to escape from your presence with the power to overcome all things. Well, it's my belief that that is what Brother Paul was trying to get the church at Ephesus to understand when he wrote this book. He starts off, and when you read that, it's so amazing, the writing that he has in Ephesians, the first chapter, um, and the word that he continues to use over and over again is a word called power. Um, if you look at in verse 17, he says, and it's uh, Paul is telling them that he's thankful for their new relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, one of my previous professions was that of uh, a car salesman. I worked with for Mercedes-Benz for 10 years. And um, um, in that business, you know, when you get a new car, you want to learn all of the features. Um, you want to learn all of the benefits of this new possession that you have. And nothing's funnier than somebody pulling up at the gas station. And I, I watch them, you know, because I'm in the car business and they don't know where the gas release is. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching them. There's many days I've knocked on people's windows and said, if you look right down there and pull that lever, um, you'll get your gas tank to open. Well, Paul was trying to instruct them that, yes, you have now committed your life to Jesus Christ, but let me tell you how to use the features. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
in verse 17, he says, I cease not to give thanks that you have committed your lives to Christ, making mention you of in my prayers. He said, but that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What I want to let you all know today is when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive more than just liberty once you get in the church house. Um, it's, it's really not about what goes on here, but, 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 but you are equipped to deal with the reality of the world outside. I need some believers to, to say with me that I have power. Um, Paul says, I want that your eyes of understanding in verse 18 will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Where? In the saints. Somebody say, in me. Oh, my God. All of heaven, all of the Bible, in me. Uh, it would be great, hallelujah, it'd be just a good book if it was only in the, the, in the, in the library, only in, um, in the bookstores. But, but, but there's a lot of great books in the library, in the bookstores. But, but this book, it's not just in the library. It's not just in the bookstore. It's not just in the back of your pews. But this book is alive on the inside of me. So where I go, it goes. And when I speak, it speaks. And when I have a problem, yes, I don't turn electric green, but I still have superpowers. Oh, glory to God. And Paul wanted them to understand. He says in verse 19, I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which God set up through Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I heard a preacher say, and I've been stealing it. You know, I, the, the thing about preaching is, amen, um, Paul says, amen, that one planet, another water, but God giveth the increase, amen. So um, if you hear something that I say, if you're a preacher or, or a woman of God, you can steal it because it's not mine anyway, amen. So uh, you can use it like you said at first, because I'm going to give you something that I heard another preacher say. He said that, that, that Jesus came to put a back door on the grave. He said when he first came, the graveyard was only a one-way street. When you went there, you stayed there. But after Jesus came, he put a back door on the grave. I want to let you know that when he got up, we got up. And not only did we get up, but he says that I got up with all power. Somebody say all. Oh, glory to God, all power. In verse 21, he says that he sits far above, there's that word again, somebody say all. I sit far above all principalities and above all powers. And he says, I sit above every might and above every dominion. He says, I am above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he says in verse 22, he says, I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So how do we connect that to where we are right now? Um, I believe that where we are 
in human existence. I believe that this next move of God is going to be because us, the believers, take the same power that we walk with inside of the church. God is going to use us in our neighborhoods. God is going to use us at our workplace. God is going to use us pushing the buggy down the aisle at Walmart. I believe that there are people that are around us who are looking at the superhero movies, wishing that they could escape, but we have the answer for their problems. Um, the answer for the world today, it's still Jesus. And people are searching and they're seeking and, and they're, they're dealing with issues that they can't fix and they've got problems that they cannot solve and they're trying remedies that cannot fix the issues that they have. But Paul was telling the church at Ephesus, he says that I want to tell you a mystery about God. I want to give you the secret. You have the secret weapon and it's on the inside of you. He says in verse 6, I mean chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, go back to verse one, chapter one, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. I want to let you all know that Jesus came to change everything. Let me, let, me, let me give you this, and I'm so excited, you all. I'm getting excited ahead of time because I just feel the anointing of God, and I feel like God is going to do something great in here. And you know how I can tell? I can tell by the way that all of you all are engaged. It lets me know it's not me because I'm not that entertaining, amen? But it's the anointing of God, hallelujah, that he's about to say something and do something. I just want you to get your hearts and mind ready to receive these next few words here. Jesus came to change Everything. Somebody say everything. Amen. Everything. That includes your thing. That includes my thing. That includes anything. That includes the thing that I've been struggling with. Jesus came to change everything. I want you to hear Jesus in his own words. If you, if you look at Luke, the fourth chapter in verse 18, Jesus says this right here. Hallelujah. Amen. And my, my electronic device here, you know, just does not want to cooperate, cooperate with me. But hold on. Here we go. In Luke 4 and 18, listen to the words of Jesus. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to change everything. Listen to what he also said. Jesus in Mark, the second chapter, verse 2 uh, second chapter in verse 17, hear this again, where Jesus tells them that I come. He says, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole 
do not need a physician, but they that are sick. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Again, Jesus came to change everything. Somebody say everything. I promise you I'm getting to the good part. Uh, then again in verse uh, John 10 and 10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Again, Jesus came to change everything. Listen, Jesus not only changes bodies, but he also changes minds. He not only heals our bodies, but he also heals our mind. But before oftentimes he could change something, he would have to challenge something. Before he could change something, he would have to challenge something. Listen to the word here. In John 5 and 6, Jesus met a man that sat at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible tells us that he has sat there for 38 long years. Jesus asked him a simple question. He said, will you be made whole? But listen, we hear from our problems and not from his power. We hear from our problems and not from his power. Jesus asked him, do you want to be whole? And the young man heard Jesus say that, but then instead of him saying, yes, I want to be made whole, he began to give Jesus a list of reasons why he was not healed. He said, Jesus, yes, but I can't get to the pool. Every time my turn comes, somebody else gets in before me. I don't have anybody to help me. Uh, woe is me. I can't get in the water, and I'm tired of sitting here seeing other people get there blessing other people get their job other people get their healing and I just have to sit here on the sideline of life and watch person after person get into the water and I want to be made whole I've been here 38 years yes but but I can't get in the water and Jesus is like I didn't ask you why you didn't get in the water I want to know do you want to be made whole and there are people in our families, there are people that live next to us, there are people that work next to us, that cry us a river every day. But the question we ought to ask them is, do you want to be made whole? I know a chain breaker. I know a body healer. I know a mind regulator. I know a joy restorer. I know a peace giver. Jesus wanted to challenge his thought. He says, yes, the way that people used to be healed was getting in the pool. But Jesus says, I am the pool. You don't need the water. I am the water. All you got to do is say, yes, Lord. So you mean to tell me in my cubicle, uh, even though there is no organ and there is no pews, uh, if I say, yes, Lord, Jesus will come in. Yes, he will. 
Do you mean to tell me on aisle eight right next to the dairy? If I say yes to the Lord, he will come in. Yes, he will. Do you mean to tell me if I'm sitting at bride dinner and, and the tide's about to go up, but if I want to receive the Lord and if I say yes, Lord, will he come in? Yes, he will. He's no respect of a person or a place. The God that I serve, he'll heal you at Walmart just like he'll heal you right here. All you got to do is say, come in, God. But he had to challenge the young man's thinking before he could change his life. There's another story about a woman that was at a well. And Jesus sat down at the well. Now, before he got to the well, Jesus says that I must, I have need to go to Samaria. And his disciples looked at him crazy, you know, just like any of us that have done something from God. And then you try to tell your other saved friends, you know, I need to go over there. And they're looking like, you, I don't know if God really told you that, you know. And you know how, you know, you think, really, you're going to go talk to him? You know, nobody's been able to get through to him. But Jesus was like, I've got to go to Samaria. And they were like, you know, we don't really deal with the disciples. Does he really know? We don't really deal with the Samaritans. Those are not our people. But Jesus said, I've got to go there. And to let you know that that frame of thought was prevalent in that day of time, the disciples had the same frame of thought that the woman at the well. When Jesus sat down, she told him, she said, you, you, you must not know who I am. Again, people are questioning the knowledge of the omniscient one. He has to challenge them before he can change them. And she says to him, you, you know, your people don't really deal with my people. And Jesus says to her, but, but if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. Because the water that I give, it will never go dry. You will never thirst again. Before he can change us, oftentimes he has to challenge us. Um, there was another story of a, of a young man who had passed, and the Bible tells us that he was a close friend of Jesus. He went by the name of Lazarus. And Jesus went to the funeral, but he didn't go see him in the hospital. And for those that are ever, ever had to be on the visitation committee, you know, you know, sometimes if you don't go see somebody when they're sick, they might get upset about it. I know pastor knows that when they met somebody, they come back and they said, nobody came to see me. You know, I don't, maybe that doesn't go on at your church, amen. It happens at mine, amen. I, you know, somebody gets up and testifies, nobody came to see me at the hospital, you know. And, you know, and you just feel so con condemned and bad about it, you know. I just, you feel bad. But, but Jesus had to have that same conviction because they looked at him like, how dare you come to the funeral when you didn't come see him when he was sick? And they met him afar off to give, them, give him a piece of their mind. Had you been here, Jesus, I'm sorry, that's a little attitude. Maybe they didn't have that much attitude. But I believe when I read, that's what I read, you know, had you, let me tell you, Jesus, had you been here, my brother that you said that you love, he wouldn't be dead. And Jesus says, but, but, but he's going to live again. And she said, yeah, he will, but in the resurrection, and Jesus says, but, but don't you understand that I am Amen. the resurrection? Amen. What happens is after the challenge comes the change. A lot of times it's the mindset that's got us bound 
and not the situation. Because the power of God is limitless. But the yokes in our mind keep us bound by the things that we see. But we walk not by sight, not by sight, but by faith. We shouldn't be bound by the things that we see because the power of God is greater than what we see. We've got to realize that that we cannot be held bound by the things that we've seen before. I know you might have been dealing with the same problem for five years, six years. Your son might have been dealing with that drug issue or your your cousin or your sister might have been dealing with that. Yes, they have, but I want to let you all know that God is able to deliver. Oh, glory to God. The last example I want to get, and I'm going to close, is there was a procession of a funeral. And the Bible tells us that there was a widow woman who had lost her husband and was now burying her son. And and Jesus meets the procession. And he walks up, and the Bible tells us that Jesus has compassion on her. And he says, lower him down. Well, in that day and time, there was a custom that they did not touch dead things. And and I could imagine that they looked at Jesus as to say, why is he about to touch this dead body? But Jesus told her these words. He says, don't cry. Dry up your tears. And what Jesus was saying is, I'm about to change what has been troubling you. Glory to God. He asked them when he went to see Lazarus, he said, show me where you laid him. The thing about it is, is that we become very prideful about our issues, but pride won't help you get delivered. Pride won't help you be healed. Every now and then, you've got to put pride to the side and say, you know what? It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I've got a problem that I can't solve, but I believe that you are able God I believe you are a healer I believe you are a deliverer and here I am God people can talk about me but God I'm trusting you God Lord I believe that you are my change agent I believe that you are my way out I believe that you are my way over there's no other help I know but the name of Jesus nobody else can do it but Jesus when we call on that great name there's nothing that can stand against us. I want to let you know that you can't say woe is me when we say greater is he. We can't sing woe is me when we say greater is he that is on the inside than he that is in this world. If you know that Jesus is all powerful, I want you to say thank you Lord. If you believe that he's your healer, I want you to say thank you Lord. If he is your deliverer, I want you to say thank you Lord. We have to know that we have superpowers. No, I cannot jump off of a building and catch myself with a web. But I want to let you know that when you have a problem, I can be your friendly neighborhood prayer partner. What you're facing, you can text me about it, and I might not be able to swing over on a web, but I can pray for you, my brother. And the power that I have, it's greater than that than the Incredible Hulk. Because the Hulk 
has to be there to do something. But I can be at home and pray for you at your house and the God that I serve. Oh, glory to God. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. As I get ready to go to my seat, I want to let you all know this, that there's power in the name of Jesus. And that is what Paul was trying to get the church of Ephesus to understand, that, that you have power when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have the power. You have the power to tread upon serpents. We have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have power. Hallelujah. If you believe that you have power, I want you to raise your hand and say, I have power. We have resurrection power. When the power of God comes into the building, when I lift my hands, I, my hands start to get warm and they tingle. And when I came into the worship service, I lifted my hands and I felt that power running through my hands again. And I want to let you know that it's not my power, but it's the power of Jesus Christ. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is a way maker. All you've got to do is call on that great name. The message for tonight, I want to give you at the end, but I didn't give it at the beginning, is we have superpowers. Something happens when we call on Jesus. I don't know about your church, but the foundation of my church at the Church of God in Christ, we to have something called tarry service and at tarry service we'd have people sitting around hallelujah calling on Jesus and that was the way that people were filled with the Holy Ghost and I want to let you know yes we live in a new age but I want to let you know there's still power in calling on Jesus hallelujah the church needs to go back to every now and then just getting in around the altar and everybody calling on Jesus. That's the way that our bodies will be healed. That's the way that our drug addicted family members will be delivered. When we call on Jesus, things change. When we call on Jesus, situations change. The crooked ways become straight. The sick become healed. The poor become wealthy. The broken hearted become whole. Is there anybody in here that have ever called on that name we were at a church revival here recently and I'm closing my iPad and there was an evangelist at our church named evangelist Campbell and at the end of her message she said to the whole church she said I want everybody in the audience to raise your hands and call on Jesus and it was like a thunder it was like a, a rushing, war, roaring wind hit the building. And the whole building was calling on Jesus. And in the middle of that service, you know, I couldn't think about myself because I had a few friends of mine who had some problems on their job. And I didn't know the extent of their problem. I just knew that they were having issues on their job. And there's one friend of mine by the name, I won't, name, I won't give his name, but he had a contract that I didn't know his contract had been canceled. He has a new wife. He has a new baby. He has a new house, a new baby, a new wife, and a new house that he just bought. And his contract had been canceled. No benefits, no nothing. And I didn't even know this. I just knew he was having problems. And when we were calling on Jesus, 
I felt the power of God, and I just felt like God was going to do whatever I asked him. And, you know, in that moment, you know, the first initial thought were all of the things that I wanted for my own personal life. But before I could pray for myself, it was like the Holy Spirit dropped their names in my mind. And there was a couple of friends, and I began to call their names out. Well, I called out my brother's name, and I said, Lord, turn their situations around. I heard your praise and worship leader sing that God, he will turn it around. Somebody say, turn it around. Well, on Monday, his contract was canceled. The revival was on a Wednesday night. I called his name out. Friday morning, he went and sat down with the same director who turned his contract down. And the same director that turned it down on Friday, she approved the same contract. No words added, same contract. No extra periods, same contract. No new commas, same contract. Same name, same people, same companies, same woman, same man. But the only difference was in between then and there, somebody called on Jesus. And when we call on that great name, there's nothing that can stand against us. There's nothing that can defeat us. There's nothing that can hold us back. There's still power in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. It's not old school. It's not outdated. It's still as relevant today as it was back then. The Bible that I read says that Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't know about you, but when I call on that name, something happens when I call on that name. When I call on the name of Jesus, I feel better. When I call on the name of Jesus, my burdens get light. I hear him say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. He says, learn of me. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my burdens are easy and my yoke is light. Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. Have you tried him as a doctor? He's all right. Have you tried him as a lawyer? He's all right. Have you called on him to be your banker? He's all right. I dare you with all that's within you. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. I believe that when a believer calls on Jesus, all of heaven comes at attention and they say, hush, hush, somebody's calling my name. I believe that when we say Jesus, hallelujah, that power comes in the room. I believe when we say Jesus, things change. Hallelujah. Do I have anybody in here that has the confidence to call on that name? Glory to God. Somebody say his name, Jesus. Jesus, 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 mind regulator, Jesus, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, my mind fixer, my heart regulator, my burden bearer, what's his name? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus, 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 Jesus. We have power and it's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that we have the victory. It's in the name of Jesus that we have the victory. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name, Jesus. Jesus.